Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrowcom slash ACAST. That's burrowcom slash ACAST. burrowcom slash ACAST. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello everyone, Charles Watts here. Welcome back to Inside Arsenal. It's Thursday. I hope you're all well wherever you're watching or listening to this around the world. It is, of course, transfer deadline day over here in the UK, but it's not going to be one of those thrilling transfer deadline days that we have seen before in the past. Going to be pretty quiet from Arsenal, I would say, barring anything out of the blue, which you never know. It can happen. It's happened before. Don't expect it to happen today, but could never sit here right now and rule anything out. But um, yeah, certainly not what we're hearing. hearing there's going to be any, anything sort of popping up that none of us were expecting. Fair few outgoings from the young players. We'll talk about that in this show. We'll have a look at last night's football. We'll look ahead to the Liverpool game as well. Some good news for Tommy Asu out in the Asian Cup. Perhaps not great news for Arsenal, but certainly good news for Tommy Asu. So plenty to get stuck into. Also, tomorrow morning, myself and James Benj are going to be recording Inside Arsenal Extra Time. It's going to be tomorrow morning show uh, because of the way sort of time into working. Mikel Arteta's press conference is 1.30pm tomorrow ahead of Liverpool game. I'm going to be at London Colney for that. So it was impossible to record in the afternoon with James. So we're going to do it in the morning instead. And it's going to be the sort of in place of the normal morning show tomorrow. So if you want Anything to be discussed in Inside Arsenal Extra Time this week? You want to be part of the show? You got any opinions, comments about anything you've seen in the last week or what you expect against Liverpool this weekend? Please do let me know in the comments below. Start it with Extra Time and I'll collate some of them together and make sure you are included in tomorrow's show. Right, let's get started on the latest when it comes to transfer deadline day and what we are expecting today. Now, Lino Sosa, he is on his way out of Arsenal. Young, talented Left back, never made his debut. He is on his way to Aston Villa, expecting that to be confirmed at some point today. Seems like he is then going to be sent out on loan to Plymouth. Certainly sparked some debate, I would say, this deal that has come through. Broken news were broken by Fabrizio yesterday on um, on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it. 
And it's an interesting one. You know, Sozo is certainly one of the players who's been in and around the first team. You know, he's been on the bench a few times. You thought, is he going to get a chance like in that PSV game? He never got on. And now he's heading off to Aston Villa. You know, some people reacted that pretty angrily. Why isn't he? He's, he's, we're losing a talented young player because Mikel hasn't given him a chance. And can certainly understand that argument. But I can also look at it from an Arsenal point of view. And you sort of think, well, you've got Sinchenko in front of him. You've got... Um, Tomiyasu in front of him. You've got Timber in front of him who's on his way back. He's just not going to play, is he? Put it that way. He's not going to play. And so for him and his people, he'll be looking at it thinking, we need to go out and try and play somewhere. I don't know if he's going to play at Aston Villa. Who knows if it's going to work out? But he obviously thinks there might be more of a pathway for him there. He's from that area. Arsenal, of course, signed him just a couple of years ago from West Brom. So he's a local lad to Aston Villa, which may well have played a big part in his decision as well. Um, but yeah, it's, it's you know these sort of deals happen, and inevitably they spark a fair bit of debate about whether they should have been given more of a chance at Arsenal. I certainly would have liked to have seen him get a couple of chances in the first team, but I think when you look at the left back role at Arsenal and you look at where the pathway is for him, there just really isn't one at the moment. He's got three very young, established. Well, I say very young, youngish, established first team stars ahead of him competing for that position. Um, and he's just not going to get in there, really. So it makes sense for him to go to another club, try and find his way through towards the first team there. Whether it happens, we'll have to wait and see. But uh, yeah, expecting that one to be announced at some point today. Don't know yet what the transfer fee is. There is going to be a transfer fee involved. I don't know what the price is yet. Speaking of people last night at, at Arsenal, I wasn't sort of given any sort of indication of what that was going to be. There will be a nice sell-on clause included in that deal, as is the way when Arsenal strike deals for younger players when they're letting them go. Uh, they always try and protect themselves in, ter- in in case they, you know, become a bit of a success at their next club. So Lino Souza on his way. Another player who has now completed his move away from Arsenal, young players, Bradley Ibrahim. That was confirmed today by Hertha Berlin, the Bundesliga 2 club over in Germany. Um, again, another player who's never Made his foot sort of forced his way through into the first team. I think he was in the squad for a Premier League game last season. I can't remember what that squad was. Um, I watched him quite a bit last season in the run to the Youth Cup final. Seems like a talented player, defender, um, can play defensive midfield. Um, but again, he's just a player that you looked at and thought he's there isn't really going to be any sort of pathway there for him. He's not really, he wasn't one that sprung out as someone who was going to really force his way into the first team. So I don't think, whereas Sosa, I think. You looked at, and there's clearly a talented player there, and you think maybe he could have made it. I, I, I look at Bradley Ibrahim, and I feel like this is a good move for him. And um, you know, I don't, I, I never thought he was one of the players who was going to make a move through to the first team at Arsenal. Again, there is a basic, very nominal fee involved in this one, as far as I'm aware. But again, they'll protect themselves. They've got a set-on clause. Uh, I think they'll probably have a matching right clause in there uh, as well. If there was any, you know, if he did suddenly explode and Arsenal wanted to bring him back to the club or have first refusal to bring him back to the club. They they tend to protect themselves with those sort of clauses as well. So Bradley Ibrahim has gone. He was speaking about his move earlier on today, said he was just really excited to make the move. And um, and yeah, he, he felt there was a pathway towards the first team for him there. And it certainly opens up the debate about, you know, Arsenal players and whether the youth now are looking at what's going on with the first team, looking at the lack of opportunities that they're getting and thinking, is it 
is it best to move on elsewhere? Or a freak here is in touch. Hey, Charles, with Sosa now gone, do you think there is a problem at our academy? I can't see a system there because it takes too long to loan out our youngsters to other clubs so they can't get first team minutes. I mean, quite a lot of players are out on loan. Um, you know, Arsenal have done that, have used that loan market a lot more than they have previously. You know, I'm just looking at some of the players who are out on loan at the moment from from the youth team. Obviously, you've got players like Charlie Patino, for example, Charles Sogo Jr., who we'll talk about in a, in a second, Brooke Norton Cuffey, Bandera, Rekic, um, Kurjan, John Jules, Beeriff, of course, who's just gone over to Sturmgrat. So Arsenal are sending a lot of young players out, just listing on their website right now. They've got, one, they've got three, six, nine, 13 youth players out on loan um, from the academy team. So I think they do set, they do send players out and they've certainly started trying to use that loan market more. We saw it last season as well. But look, I think the debate about whether these players right now are looking at what's going on in the first team and thinking, are we really going to get an opportunity at Arsenal? I think that's a very justified debate right now. Having spoken to agents of young players, um, you know, they do think it's going to be really, really difficult at Arsenal because of what they're seeing unfold on the pitch in terms of lack of opportunities for players. But then I think you also have to question whether these players are actually good enough to make it into the first team at Arsenal. Um, so you can kind of have that argument both ways. But um, I think ultimately, when you're looking at some of the players that are going right now, and I'd probably include Sosa in that list because I just don't see where how he makes it into the first team ahead of the play, the left backs that Arsenal already have. But certainly someone like Bradley Ibrahim, I don't think they're just, they don't spring out as, you know, generational talents who are going to really sort of force their way. And they're not, you know, yeah, a Bukaya Saka or an Emil Smith-Rowe or even an Eddie Nketiah. Um, so, yeah, thanks for your question there, Aurora Freak. I did mention Charles Sago Jr., who, of course, made his debut in the first team this season. One of the few who has been given an opportunity to get some minutes by Mikel Arteta. He played in that League Cup game against Brentford. If you're watching on the YouTube right now, you can see there the picture of Martin Odegaard at the end of that game, pushing him over to take the applause of the away fans after that game. So a big, big moment for Sago Jr. He is, again, another player who Arsenal are about to send out on loan in terms of the youth team. And it looks like Swansea is going to he's gonna be linking up with Charlie Patino at Swansea for the remainder of the season. That should be another one of the deals that is confirmed today. Good move for him going to a championship. You know, it's a really top level championship football, really difficult level, especially for such a young player with very little experience. Um, you know, it's not... It's, I think we all kind of look at a championship sometimes and you forget just how strong a level of football that is. You know, when you compare it to some of the other uh, across, it's like basically the fifth or sixth most difficult league, the toughest league in the whole of European football. Um, and so it's going to be really interesting to see how players like Sogo Jr. at that age can really cut it at that level. So it's a good move for him. It's going to really test him. And um, hopefully he'll come back to Arsenal in the, in the summer and we'll have had a good loan spell and we'll see what happens with him in the future. But again, there's absolutely no... I don't look at Sogo Jr. and think, yeah, you're definitely going to force your way into the first team pitcher at the club. Um, but we'll see what the loan loan deal does. At least he's going over. I don't think he's played that much with Patino when they were at Arsenal together. I think there was maybe a couple of times when they did play together, but it's still nice to see a, a familiar face, I imagine. Hopefully that will help him settle. But we're waiting for that one to be confirmed today as well. Okay, on to more sort of first team matters. Marquinhos um, talks on going in terms of a move away from Marquinhos. He wasn't loan at uh, Nantes at the, for the first half of the season. That loan got cut short. He's back at Arsenal now. Well, he's actually not at Arsenal now. He's playing for Brazil over in the under-23s tournament. Um, and he could well be heading back to Brazil 
at some point very, very soon. Talks on going with a couple of clubs over in Brazil who are interested in taking him on loan with an option to buy. Um, there isn't anywhere near as big a rush for that. It doesn't have to be done today because the Brazilian transfer window is open, um, I think, for about another month or whatever it is. So it's no that doesn't have to be done today by six o'clock to match the English um, transfer deadline. But Marquinhos, very, very close to heading out on loan. Um, again, I think you look at Marquinhos and I, I don't see a way of him forcing his way into the Arsenal first team anytime soon. And if a deal can be done and they can make a bit of a profit on him, then I think that's probably going to be a wise move for Arsenal and for Marquinhos, who I understand is quite keen to head back Brazil to Brazil. He would be open to that move should it happen. I think Corinthians have been mentioned, Fluminense as well. I haven't actually heard the teams who are after him. I just know that there are a couple of Brazilian teams at least who are in talks with Arsenal over this one, potentially getting done. Cedric Suarez again, um, I've just seen that Galatasaray have agreed to deal with Sergio from Nottingham Forest, so it doesn't look like they're going to be signing him. He's a player that they've talked to, who they were looking at as a potential replacement for Sasha Bowie, um, who is open to a move. Arsenal are open to letting Cedric go if a, you know, an opportunity arises that suits everyone. Uh, but six has for another club who are looking or have been looking at Cedric Suarez. There is, if he's going to go to Turkey again, like Marquinhos, that doesn't have to happen today because the Turkish transfer window is open for a little bit longer. Um, but there are other clubs from Spain and Portugal who have been looking at Cedric as well. But as far as I'm aware, having spoke again, spoken to a couple of people at Arsenal in terms of what to expect in the near future, I didn't get the impression that something was very, very uh, imminent when it comes to the future of Cedric Suarez. So we shall wait on see on that. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Okay, moving on to outside of transfer deadline day stuff. Um, Takiro Tomiyasu is staying at the Asian Cup. So good news for him. Good news for Japan. Bad news for Arsenal, I would say, especially with that huge game against Liverpool coming up on Sunday, which, you know, all things considered, if Tomiyasu is here and he's fully fit, you'd certainly want him to be starting that game against Liverpool. We played the full 90 minutes yesterday for Japan as they beat Bahrain 3-1 to make it into the quarterfinals, where I think they're going to be playing Iran. I should have got that. I saw it went to penalties, didn't it? Whoever won the penalty shootout yesterday was going to play Japan. It was Iran. Yes, they did. It was uh, Iran who won the penalty shootout. So that game's going to be played on Saturday. Lots of people have been getting in touch. I know if they go out, could be flying back and would he be available to play against Liverpool on the Sunday? I think that's pushing it, especially when it comes to someone like Tommy Asu, who we know struggles with muscle injuries. I'm not sure you're going to fly him straight back, having played really what you'd expect is going to be a really demanding 90 minutes at least 
in a quarterfinal of the Asian Cup on the Saturday, then you're going to fly him back and start him against Liverpool 24 hours later. It's just asking for trouble. So I think you're going to have to put that one to bed. Even if they do lose, it's not going to happen. Um, but yeah, that's a bit of a blow for Arsenal. But I think for J- for Tommy Asu in Japan, obviously, it's really, really good news. And as they make their way through towards the final of the Asian Cup. OK, let's move on to some of your questions and comments. Who A couple of you got in touch. Well, actually, lots of you got in touch. A very similar type of message to what Andre here says in response to what I was talking about yesterday in yesterday's show when I was reacting to the game against Nottingham Forest and talking about how I feel like Zinchenko's become a little bit of a whipping boy at the moment. How I thought he was pretty unfairly criticised for the goal against Nottingham Forest. And I get what you're saying. Lots of you have pointed out that it was him who sort of the offside line was the three of them in terms of White, Saliba and Gabriel and the line, Zinchenko is about a yard further back and that allowed the fullback to, um, well, not the first attacker, to get in behind him and he wasn't offside, which I do understand. And this is what Andre says, can't defend Zinchenko there, clearly plays a man onside and it's not the first time he's done that because he's scared of getting caught on the break. Saliba isn't in the clear either as he should have been better positioning, but it was very lovely, lucky touch by Wanyi. That probably doesn't happen twice, but the Zinchenko situation seems to be ongoing. Can't blame Ben for getting annoyed is keeping a disciplined backline takes a team effort and one person can ruin everyone's hard work. <laughs> These are the fucking standards. Indeed, they are. Um, yeah, and I, I, I get that. And lots of people have been in touch pointing that out. And I do get that. But I still think when I look at that goal, and I'm sorry, I've, I've watched it so many times, I still don't think Zinchenko is absolutely the person in the wrong there. He's obviously made an error and hasn't held the line. I do think when you're a fullback, though, and you're playing that line and you've got a winger right on your shoulder, it's tougher, I'd say, to hold that natural line than the other three who haven't got any players behind them and who where the ball isn't heading. I just think sort of human um, nature is to kind of maybe take a little bit of a step back, especially when, as you point out, Sinchenko has got a bit of a weakness there and has been caught out there before. But I look at that goal, and I'm sorry, Saliba's got absolutely done by Awanyi uh, there. And so I don't see really how... If you're picking that goal apart and you're blaming one person, Zinchenko's ultimately the the main man to blame there. I also think the fact that, I don't know who it was who played the pass, but he's given oceans of time to look up and ping that crossfield pass over to where Zinchenko is. Should have been shut down far, far sooner as well. So there's errors all, you can pick errors throughout that goal from where the ball was played, then to Zinchenko's role in it and then to Saliba's role in it as well. So I just think it's a bit unfair just for people to be pointing a finger at Zinchenko for that goal. Yes, he you know, didn't cover himself in glory with it, but others didn't either. It was a collective thing. Um, and I'm still not sure that that incident at the end needed to happen. It fine happened in the change room. I'm not sure it needed to happen on the pitch, to be fair. Um, but look, it doesn't, as I said yesterday, this sort of thing happens all the time. Normally it does happen in the change room and you wait until you get in there away from the cameras for it to sort of kick off and explode. Um, but it happened on the pitch, which is a little bit unfortunate, but... Um, but it is what it is. Thank you very much for getting in touch, Andre. Appreciate that. Yeah, bad night for Arsenal yesterday in the uh, in the Premier League. When it comes to results, Manchester City winning, Liverpool winning, Spurs winning. I was putting my kids to bed last night. And when I started to put them to bed, Spurs were 1-0 down at half-time. I was sitting there thinking, well, that's going to be good. Obviously, Man City are going to win this game. We knew that. We knew Liverpool probably turn over Chelsea because Chelsea are awful. And they were awful last night. But I was hoping, going to, when I sort of started putting the kids to bed, giving Spurs a one down at half time, that they might lose that game. And I was very disappointed when I came out of the room and they'd, they'd won 3-2. But it is what it is. You look at the league table now. Liverpool still have opened up that five points gap again at the top of the table to, over Manchester City and to Arsenal. Spurs moved back to within three points of Arsenal in fourth. Just a huge game 
on Sunday. No other way of talking about it. Arsenal lose that game and the route to the title looks very, very faint indeed. They'll be eight points behind Liverpool, um, who are just looking pretty imperious at the moment and they're scoring the goals. They're creating so many chances. They just look back to their best. Um, fair play to Klopp. He's really got that team going this season. Really wasn't expecting it as much as I thought they'd do well this season. I wasn't expecting it as well as they're doing. Fair play to them. It's just a huge game. Again, the Arsenal really, it's certainly a must-not lose game, but I think it's you, you, it's very close to being a must-win game for Arsenal. I just think they need something like that to really give them a shot in the arm to really make them believe again. If they can beat Liverpool on Sunday, move to win two points of them, I think that would just be such a huge confidence boost and it will very much be game on again in the title race. A really big game coming up for Arsenal. It's going to be very, very interesting to see what Mikel Arteta does. We're talking about Zinchenko there. You know, I think he's going to have to play. They just don't have any other options. And, um, you know, I think, again, when we're talking about Zinchenko, I think you've got to remember he's probably, you know, when everyone's fit, he might well be third choice. Certainly for a game like this, He's like almost third choice left back, I would say. You know, if Tommy Asu's fit and available, I think Tommy Asu definitely starts this game. If Timber's fit and available and at 100%, I think he, judging by what we saw in the summer, starts this game. So for all the sort of, I don't know, hate that Zinchenko's getting at the moment, which I think is very, very unfair because I think he's a really good player. I think he's really important to this Arsenal team. He is really probably third choice left back when everyone's fit and available. Um, so it's perhaps no surprise that he is a tiny little bit of a weak link in, in this side or being seen as a little bit of a weak link defensively in this side. But I think he's going to have to start. Obviously, I can't see any other option at left back unless he goes with Jakob Kivior. Um, I think Kivior started. He did start left back in the in the FA Cup game against Liverpool, didn't he? But I, I don't think he'd start this time. I think Kivior, uh, Zinchenko will get the nod. The big question, I think, is going to be who plays in that, in that midfield. I mean, magnificent lull here says left eight versus Liverpool is going to be Rice with Party coming back into the team. I don't think Party comes back into the team for this game. We don't know yet uh, in terms of Party's fitness. He obviously wasn't involved against Forest. I think if he was going to start against Liverpool, he had to be involved against Forest one way or the other, even if starting that game and playing 60 minutes or coming on for the final half an hour. The fact he didn't and he wasn't involved at all, you know, even if he is deemed fit enough to be involved against Liverpool, I just cannot see there's any way he comes straight back into that team. Um, I just I just don't see it at all. And we're still not sure yet if there's been any sort of setback when it comes to Thomas Partey, because uh, it was a bit of a surprise that he wasn't involved against Nottingham Forest. But I do think that that kind of Setup might well be what Mikel Arteta goes for. Obviously, Emil Smith-Rowe started against Forrest. I thought he did well. I didn't think he did anything to lose his place. But I think if Arsenal were playing a you know, mid to low table team at the weekend at home, I think Smith-Rowe probably keeps his place. The fact that it's Liverpool, I think Jorginho will probably come in for this game. If Thomas Partey was fit, then 100%. I think he starts with, top, with Declan Rice. But I think we'll probably see Jorginho come back into this game and go with the same sort of central midfield partnership and setup that we maybe saw in the FA Cup game when Arsenal, let's not forget, played so well against Liverpool and really, really should have beaten them in that game just a few weeks ago. All right, that's it from me, everyone. Thank you very much for your time. As always, like I said, myself and James Bench will be recording Inside Arsenal Extra Time tomorrow morning. You want to be involved in that show. You want to send your questions in, your comments, your opinions, anything Arsenal-related, do it below this video in the comment section. Just start it with extra time and let, let us know what you want us to discuss. Until then, everyone, have a very good Thursday. Be back tomorrow. Speak to you soon. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project 
there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.